Hey folks, welcome into the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church Grand Junction for the people of Calvary Bible Church Grand Junction and beyond. So if you're outside of our church, don't feel left out. Welcome in. I'm Graham Parker, Associate Pastor, Calvary, and you are? I'm Jess Miller. I'm the man. (laughs) Or lead pastor, a.k.a. lead pastor. Yes. Pastor of humility, right? (laughs) Lead pastor in humility. (laughs) We have new tunes this week. I know. This is that. that's really good. So good. We had quite the time trying to discern what song we should. That should have been a podcast in and of itself. It should. Like it was actually really funny. Maybe, I laughed hard. I did too. Maybe if we had a, uh, you know, some of these pastors that do podcasts like this, they have like whole like insider club. You have to be you like you pay them a Patreon thing. Yeah. And then they put out podcasts just for those people. Right, which I don't know how they do that. I don't either. I don't know where you get the time. Uh, for but they uh, they do that, so we could do a whole podcast of like help us pick our new theme song. We could. I just I don't think we're getting a lot of cooperation <laughs> from that. I really don't think like you don't think we'd have Patreon. Especially supply. If people have to pay. Yeah, to listen like we gotta pay five bucks for these guys to do that. Like we we can't pay people to listen to this as it is. Right. How are we gonna get people to pay us to do this? I know. Well, I. Yeah. In the well, in the in the video game world, you know those live streamers. No, I don't on actually YouTube? know that because I don't do. Well, they'll that. be on like YouTube live streaming or oh, wherever, yeah. and people will donate to them while they're playing. Your son's told me about this phenomenon. I didn't believe it until I saw it. It does happen. Okay, uh, that's is that not the demise of Western civilization? It does right there? speak. I'm gonna to pay you money yeah. to watch you play a video game. I know it's nuts, man kids these days it's nuts but you can't blame necessarily the guy doing it because if they're willing to pay him to play video games he probably is like all right i'll play video games for you yeah but i mean like i don't know i'm not a video gamer so i don't i don't understand this. yeah well i mean it wouldn't i don't think that would f- feel real fulfilling right i think in the end you'd it feel kind of empty yeah but i mean the idea of paying somebody to watch somebody else play a video game Right. Or or even this, because isn't this a thing? People like go to YouTube and you just watch people play a game, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't get that. Why? Right. Well, now sometimes that is for the purpose of like beating it you're yourself. You're trying to fig- in that game. Okay. And so these guys are really good at the game. How many hours have you spent watching videos on YouTube <laughs> of people playing video games? All right, let's uh, <laughs> transition <laughs> now into our gotcha red-handed <laughs> but i've never donated to a okay. live streamer so. well i mean we we all have uh probably wasted too much time on youtube watching things that I interest know. us so. hey, YouTube, youtube will get you youtube can get you to me that's the most addicting social media platform for me personally really? yeah because yeah. it tracks all your interests mm-hmm. so and it shows it you just more keeps things. popping up every time like you refresh it like things you would be like okay yeah i gotta see this well it's yeah. only four minutes so i'll watch this yeah. one and then it's the next one and it's the next one but see yeah it doesn't do that for me i go to youtube to watch one guy oh. and then that's all yeah basically see, it. but maybe that's why i got i got rid of facebook because i just okay. couldn't deal facebook anymore but maybe it replaced it with YouTube. Maybe. But I try to control it. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm being serious on that. Like, I, I, I don't pull it up as much as I, I know you could. Do. And usually it's just downtime at home or something and maybe watch it. But Well, this all kind of segues somewhat into uh, our topic for the day, does it not? It does, because people want to know we're not watching YouTube all day. <laughs> we have not given them much hope in regards to that. Right. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about 
um, our ministries, I guess specifically pastoral mm-hmm. ministry, and as the staff pastors, right? What do we do during the week? Yeah, right. Isn't to put it bluntly, it? what the staff do you guys do all week? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, and it isn't YouTube, and it isn't video gaming, and it isn't watching people play video games. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's none of those right. things. Right. So what we do, um, well, let's let's start first of all. I think I've got just a few scriptures written down that I want us to read because these kind of set the sure. context mm-hmm. or the tone for what we're doing. We m- one of our um, emphases here is that we only do things that come from the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how did we put that? Biblical intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. So biblical intentionality in everything we do. So. Why do we do what we do? Uh, we have biblical reasons for it. Uh, I think there's biblical precedent and reason uh, for full-time staff mm-hmm. pastors. Mm-hmm. I think the Bible's clear on that. That doesn't mean that a church has to have a full-time staff pastor. As a matter of fact, church plants can't often do that. Mm-hmm. Some churches that get into a, a position of uh, fewer people can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, too small, uh, they, can't as, they can't support right. a pastor full-time. When we were helping churches in Russia... Um, they felt, or the t- the churches that we were helping, the network of churches, felt that it would be detrimental mm. to the um, ministry of pastors to be full time, mm. because they didn't, they just had conceptions about that yeah. that they didn't think the culture that they were ministering to would. Mm. So they would be part time. So we would support them some. And they mm. would have to have some kind of part time employment. Mm. But regardless, they had more time to devote to the church with that part-time than they would have. And we think that, that God himself has established a church and such so that if, you know, if possible, those who are uh, laboring in in the word of God should be financially compensated so that Mm -hmm. they can continue to labor in the word of God. Right. So that's where we're at. But um, so, just really quick, some verses, I think, that kind of springboard this conversation. Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Uh, Acts chapter 6 is when they were they were having the problem with the distribution of food, mm-hmm. so they were going to establish deacons. But something really interesting happens in there, and in Acts 6, 4, uh, Peter said, uh, you find out, find these men that, that can do this. And he said, we will, we being the apostles, will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. He literally said we don't have time to wait on tables. Right. Because okay? we've got a—our primary role is prayer and the ministry of the Word of God. Now, I understand those are apostles, and that uh, uh, the elders hadn't even been established yet, at least New Testament elders. Right. So, but later on in the book of Acts, as you see that, they go about, and, they, and they're actually establishing the office of elder or pastor or overseer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here at Calvary, we see those as one office, three different titles. So we do believe that the precedent for that de- that devotion of certain people within the church to give themselves to mm-hmm. prayer and the ministry of word, and that's mm-hmm. really key, is there. Uh, in First uh, Timothy 5, then as Paul is writing to Timothy, in the context of Timothy leading over the church in Ephesus there, and says to him, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Mm. So Paul is using scripture to justify elders being honored, and in this context, honor, at least in part, means 
pay them. Right. Financial compensation. Financial compensation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, we we see that, and but a key word there is labor. Mm. All right. Yeah. So there's work in preaching and teaching. Wait, we, oh yeah, we didn't even touch on this. We have a guest in the studio audience today. For the first time ever, we have a four-legged guest. He sees something. He wants to go. It's something. our. Uh, it's my dog, Calvin. Calvin. And I am trying to work with him as he is a, a basket case of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like leaving him home all day. Anyway, so you may, hear, you may hear woof, squawking woof. from him, barking from him or whatever. I, I don't want him just roaming around that the office. I have him on a leash right yeah. now sitting with me. Please don't poop in here, Calvin. No, that would be funny. But, that um, would actually be funny. If I could do that on command, like make him poop, I might do that. Okay. And then I'd leave it, but it would be when you're not here. Oh, and so that it would just sit in that overnight. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Back to what we're doing. Okay, and then in Ephesians 4, last passage, Paul says this, uh, that Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so that's really important because we just talked about the apostles who were set mm-hmm. apart for mm-hmm. prayer and the ministry of the word. Yep. And then in verse 11, you have shepherd teachers. Yes. That's who we are. And we're set apart by Jesus to do this for the church. Right. Okay, so that's important. I think background, mm-hmm. um, not that our congregation necessarily needs it because I right. think our congregation really gets Understand the that, office yeah. of pastor and stuff. But just to clarify that, right. because over the years I've had people question it. Um, not necessarily that are a part of our church, mm-hmm. that, but that may be new people from our church. Mm-hmm. And they were asking me these questions. That's happened at least on two occasions. Mm-hmm. Just asking you questions of? Why does the church need full-time oh, pastors? okay, sure, yeah. And we really think in the role of pastoral ministry and the things that we do um, to have men set aside to the mm-hmm. church is valuable for yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I knew a young man once who said he wants to be a pastor, but he wants to... Um, get a, a well-paying job, and then he's going to pastor a church so mm. the church doesn't have to support him. That sounds noble. noble the problem yeah. is I wouldn't want to go to a church where the pastor can only throw a handful of hours in mm-hmm. each week because I yeah. think the work of the pastor is more important. Than yeah. That. Well, I think sometimes that the idea of a pastor in a, is, in some people's mind, um, you know, you're just preaching a sermon. You're just preparing... Uh, and some churches, I guess, kind of function that way, right? Yeah, the pastor I would suspect, yeah. uh, largely only just preaches a sermon, and right. that's about it. Yep. And so, if that's the case, I suppose you can do that, and right. you could do that okay. But I don't know if you're doing, especially like the Ephesians four aspect of are you equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry? Like that, that's a wholehearted investment. Right. Exactly. Um. So, do we want to talk about like what our weeks look like? Yeah, I think so, right? And and well, maybe we should do this too. We should contrast this maybe a little bit with with some other ideas of what pastoral ministry looks like. Because in some churches and congregations, uh, might have a little bit different approach to this, and we've talked about it a little bit, right? Um, but some churches, the the pastor, lead pastor, can be seen as a uh, just a real like a vision caster, a communicator, a CEO type of person, right? Um, are you that? Um, no. (laughs) 
So we are, well, I mean, I don't know about vision cast or things like that. I, I guess know at, what that, at a point, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it depends, I guess, what you mean by that. We do lead in some of those areas right. of like philosophy and all those kinds of things. It's kind of a catchy word, the yeah. pastor of vision. Right, and it sounds, yeah, but basically, so no, because we, our philosophy of ministry is that we are um, shepherds to sheep. Right. We, and part of that role, of course, is preaching and different things. But we are... Um, we're for pastoral care of our congregation, mm-hmm. which alleviates us from worrying too much about how big our church grows. Right. And I think that might be the difference. Cause like we've seen so much of the desire for churches to grow mm-hmm. in recent decades that like pastor, it's very important for a pastor, you know, you got to make sure your church is growing right. and you've got to do, you got to lead things. that's going to make this right. church grow. And there are many, 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 many churches who mm-hmm. have that vision. And if the pastor can't make the church grow, the pastor's got to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and that is just not our, it doesn't our, seem like to accord with the new Testament model of what the church looks like and what a pastor right. is called to do. Right. So I think, yeah, a lot of, uh, of American churches have lost this new Testament pastoring understanding right and so we want to recover that and do that and that means we don't want to be really busy pastors in the sense of we want to be busy in the sense of doing good work Mm -hmm. for the church that's Mm -hmm. profitable for our church yeah for our church that's the thing but we don't want to be busy in the sense of like we're we're too busy to be with people right right or any of those things is and that defeats the purpose and and we've talked well even we were joking earlier about the Patreon podcast separately and all that. And I appreciate pastors that are able to do that. But I do wonder, you know, if you're putting out three podcasts a week, you're writing a book, you're speaking speaking at conferences, you're blogging all the time. How do you do all of that? Yeah. I honestly do not know. Right. And and still pastor your local church. I, yeah. I'm not saying they, that they're not. Right. But I, that would be hard for me. Yeah, it would be me too. Or being so involved in things outside your church in the yeah. sense of issues happening in the church at large or in the news or mm-hmm. politics or whatever. And you're always commenting yes. on that and you're doing a blog. Like how is that really applying to your right. congregation right. who are going through very real trials and needs and yep. doesn't give you much time to really be thinking about how the word just applies to them. Yep. And, um, and so our whole philosophy is just for our church right. ultimately. Right. But obviously we exist for the great commission. So, we want to be witnesses, and we also want to encourage the church to be witnesses. But if you want to be an evangelist, you shouldn't be a shepherd teacher mm-hmm. because an evangelist is outward focused, mm-hmm. right? A missionary would be mm-hmm. a modern day missionary, outward focused, mm-hmm. looking to grow, looking to make new converts. Whereas the shepherd teacher seems to be, to me, to be the one who's caring pastorally right. for the sheep. Right. And yes, of course, we want to see people get saved, but I don't see it's our role. Like we would never say, you know, we want to reach my goal. You know, our goal is to reach Grand Junction for right. the gospel or whatever. My role as a pastor is to shepherd the right. people of Calvary Bible Church. Yeah, maybe that just means we're uh, maybe we say we're just really average people and we can't do what those other people do, and so. It could be, or maybe we're right and we do see, I and I mean, I'm saying that in a humble way, yeah. like we see what the role I, of pastor exactly. is and that they've, they've missed it and they bought too much into the current cultural cues instead of really looking to what the word of God yep. teaches about their role. Yeah. And I think it starts to show in some of these churches that become the big mega churches yep. and all that. And then there's disasters and, yep. and that kind of thing. So at any rate, um, 
we're more low key than that, yeah. and we're focused primarily yeah. on our congregation. So, what does uh, what does a look look well, a week look like for you? So, I'll break down what I do, and then okay. like, uh, but I I break it down with my little philosophy mm-hmm. thing. You mm-hmm. don't have to you know go with this, but like, so as the lead pastor, okay, um, you know, of course, I'm going to be the primary one preaching mm-hmm. different things, um, and. The one many people will come to, though mm-hmm. I, they come to you a lot with mm-hmm. things of like the church and the programs and stuff going mm-hmm. on, and uh, any you know weddings and funerals. If that those things come up, I'm mm-hmm. primarily responsible mm-hmm. for those visitation, all that kind of thing. But what I tried to do is, um, I did this a few years back, kind of broke up like what I do, uh, and how I would divvy out my time basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person that like I love a schedule, so mm-hmm. like I do the same things every day. But I don't like to be a clock puncher right. in pastoral ministry because I don't think that works. Right. I mean, I've I've literally been working on stuff at three in the morning because I couldn't sleep, mm. you know, and I've been up like working on something or coming up with ideas or doing whatever. So, I mean, it's like I don't like the clock thing, though we're here mainly at the same day, mm-hmm. same time, all that yep. kind of stuff. But, but I like heading, putting everything under headings. And so I think I, I've got uh, five things here. Pray, prepare, preach, people, and programs. Okay, wow. I and like to alliterate it with the yeah. P's. Amazing. And so, uh, prayer, obviously, give yourself to prayer and the ministry of word. And I think this is probably, you know, if I were to be evaluated by mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus on what I do during the week, I I would probably have at least like on that little scale, he'd say, you know, you know, totally failing, needs improvement, you know, whatever. I think I'd be on the lower. Like, I really need to work on that. Yeah. Okay. Devoted, concentrate time yeah. to prayer for our people. I have a habit every day of praying for the people who are suffering specifically, mm-hmm. but praying mm-hmm. more. I want to increase that. Mm-hmm. Praying through the study, just praying in general. So prayer is a big thing, though, because... Um, uh, Peter actually put that first. We give yeah. ourselves to prayer and ministry mm-hmm. of the word, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a priority. So praying and um, and for a pastor, that should look more than your Sunday morning devotional time. Yeah. So I don't know how w- somebody can do that. Other, you know, like uh, a, except setting aside certain times for concentrated prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I try to do that. I need to work on that. The second aspect, which probably is the most time-consuming, is preparation mm-hmm. or preparing. Because I'm a shepherd teacher and I'm preaching the morning service and then, like, I'll be taking a youth group soon, um, other things that we do, you mm-hmm. know, uh, even in counseling and different mm-hmm. things, that all takes preparation. Yep. And and especially if, you, if you're super conscientious of, I need to get this text right. Like, yes. I can't just get up there and ramble about what I think or whatever. I want to make sure I'm saying what this text says. And I want to have enough time for this to saturate in me so that I can apply it to our people. Right. And for me, that takes a, that takes time. Like, so every day, even this morning, I already started on next week's sermon. Mm-hmm. And um, spending some time each day building up to Sunday. Right. Uh, preparing a sermon, preparing for Sunday school, preparing for youth, you know, um, whatever that is. And then part of that in my preparation time is sometimes just reading things that perhaps I'm not studying about per per the church. But I think a pastor needs to keep his brain working Mm -hmm. and growing in his understanding of things. Mm -hmm. 
And that means you got to be, you just got to read a lot yep. and listen to things. Yep. And so anytime I'm doing that, I consider that preparing. Yep. And oftentimes I'll be reading a book that has nothing to do, or at least I didn't think so, with what I was going to preach. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that right there is exactly the one point I was going to make from this, you know, and it helps affirm or it shows me something that I was like, oh, I didn't see that. Look at that connection yes. there. It fills your mind, helps you, especially like in counseling. I found this helpful. Um, not just reading books about counseling, but just reading in general. And then people have issues and you can speak to it. So a lot of our job is preparing and, and, and planning, preaching and teaching and different things. Um, and like if I'm about to do for the youth, we're about to go through a New Testament survey. I need to start mm-hmm. preparing for that. Yeah. Um, and, and like, how am I going to do that? Thinking through it. What am I going to use for resources? All those yeah. things that go into preparation. And then there's the actual preaching and teaching, right? Mm-hmm. So that can be both public and it can also be private in council. Mm-hmm. So if I'm counseling, I'm teaching. Yep. I'm preaching in a way. I'm teaching mostly. Um, and I'm learning my counseling more and more just to take a text, much like I do with uh, preaching. And uh, once I find out what the person would like some help with or whatever, find texts that appropriate that, study it, and then share my fruit mm-hmm. of that. And usually what I'm finding is the Lord will help guide me in that so that I can say things that help them. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's the public preaching and teaching. And that takes up time. So Sunday's pretty much consumed with that, right? right? And especially now once this program kicks in again, mm-hmm. I'll be preaching a morning sermon and then teaching the youth at night. Or I would have been doing Sunday school and then Sunday morning. Yep. And, um, and for a while there was all three, but, um, but anyway, so the preaching and teaching uh, takes up time and then there's people. Mm. I, and this is a part where I think we can't neglect. We need to spend time with people. And well, and I think that, that on this point, sometimes this falls to the further end of the scale because we think all these other things we have to, we have to get done because there's deadlines of Sunday, right? you know, and yet this is like such the important this is what makes a pastor a pastor, I right, think, right. is the people aspect. And so I try to each week have making sure I'm spending some time with people. Last week we had the privilege of going over with um, uh, Amanda and Shannon and such and um, what they have going on. We we had uh, somebody in the office this morning, and mm-hmm. I just we just sit and talk to mm-hmm. them, you know, or go visit or mm-hmm. talk to people about membership that are going to join or visiting somebody new or having somebody at your home or going to somebody's home if you're Mm -hmm. invited. All those things are part of like pastoral peopling Mm -hmm. and counseling. Mm -hmm. So counseling kind of falls under both to me, the teaching aspect and the, but also the people. Yeah. So spending time with people. And I think that's really important. Eugene Peterson had the, uh, had the philosophy that he wouldn't pastor a church that was bigger than he could remember everybody's name. Yeah. And he might not know everybody the same amount, but he knew everybody's name. Yeah. And I think that's really key. There's some wisdom there. I think so, too. Yeah. And um, you can't always control, I guess, the size that your church gets, but the, that was his desire. Uh, so spending time with people. Yeah. And then the final one is programs. And that by that, I mean we're responsible to oversee the programs mm-hmm. of the church. That, too, can include meeting with people, right? Mm-hmm. And preparing and planning mm-hmm. and ch- and changing things or what, but we're overseers. That's yep. where we get that biblical word overseer, almost like a, a household manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not be doing everything, but you're you're keeping an eye on everything that's going on. People are yep. coming to you with like, 
you know, as we're planning even now the children's ministry or something like mm-hmm. that, uh, we're just keeping track of what's going on and putting in place things that are important for our church. Yeah. You know, and uh, so all everything I do is under those headings. Yeah. And then the week sometimes dictates what's more than others. So right. sometimes I have weeks where there's way more time with people mm-hmm. than another week. Yep. But if I don't have as much time with people that uh, one week, I try to then give myself to more prayer and preparation. Right. And because I know busier weeks with people will come. So yep. it just depends, you Balances know, on how out. it is. And summers have been nice if we just preach, if I just preach once uh, during the week. And then I have been able to just start plowing through a, yes. a stack of books. And like we're getting um, ahead on our uh, monthly uh, oh, yeah, book, book, club, club. Uh, book club. And so I'm you know, kind of researching books for that. Yep. And so it's just been good during the summer and then it'll pick back up of yep. course in, in August. So, yeah. so that's kind of how I view it and what I do during the week. And that tends to fill up a full time job. Yeah. You know, so I think mine is, I mean, very similar to that, but maybe like different, uh, emphases in different ways at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, so like most of my week, you know, I spent, uh, preparation in regards to, the Sunday service, the mm-hmm. structure of the service, the songs, uh, practical things, meeting with our music team and practicing and rehearsing uh, before that, and then preparation to teach. So, like, I've been teaching youth group mm-hmm. and doing the Old Testament survey, and now I'm going to do that with the adults. So there will, again, be preparation as I prepare to teach that, uh, prepare to teach small groups and different things. Uh, and the people, I, I enjoy just one-on-one discipleship, trying to meet with a group of guys on a regular basis, walking through books of the Bible or books or whatever, and counseling. And then also, this, yeah, during this, to speak specifically to right now in the summertime, uh, a slower period of time is nice to be able to uh, intentionally read other things that stretch my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading a lot right now in regards to uh, what I'm going to be teaching again in the Old Testament survey, working on my biblical counseling certification, so trying to read and take some exams for that. Uh, so that's all preparation, because that's all practical to help me be a better pastor. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and then I guess I think the one thing that maybe my my role is different besides the music from yours is some of the administrative stuff I do. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather take the title executive pastor, though. Can I do that for, for those things? Yeah. Associate slash executive pastor. It yeah. just sounds cooler. Okay. I'll make I just I make things go sometimes. Right, yeah. Okay. You know. So. I don't really you know, yeah, sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Graham just, is the official uh executive pastor now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. It just sounds cooler, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I don't really know what an executive pastor does, but I sometimes think that what I do might fit under some of that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So administrative stuff, some organizational type yes. things. Yeah. And, uh, that would fall under the programming aspect, I suppose. Yeah. Sometimes so. we say, like, you have an idea, and then I get it done. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's true. I've actually said, like, you, I'm easier to replace than you, so you can't go in. <laughs> People, yeah, so anyway, I don't like to let anybody in on that secret. But yeah. <laughs> You've uh, never told me that. It's it's actually true. Wow. People don't probably wouldn't, you know, they don't understand. They always think the senior pastor or whatever, but actually it's the people that are making more of the – side things going but plus you're yeah. the music guy and everything i mean so i'm just a loser when it comes to that stuff so it's <laughs> like, well no 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 it's uh like it is i think the lord the lord gifts to his church what the church needs 
Right. And we each have unique giftings and abilities that, by God's grace, I think serve our church yeah. and serve our people. Oh, yeah. And I think we complement one another's giftings and abilities. Absolutely. And things like that. So. Yep, absolutely. That's all. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to add on that. No, I think so. That kind of gives everybody an idea of what we do yeah. and um, and how we do it and yeah. you know, so our philosophies of it. Yeah. We don't just sit around and watch Netflix. We don't uh, watch video games all day. Right. So there is there is work, but it's it's a different. And this might be the thing that's that's hard for if you for people that work a nine to five job. You go mm-hmm. into an office. It's a different kind of work. Right. Yeah. And it's a spiritual work. Uh, it's a mental work, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still a work. Mm-hmm. And it's what the Lord's called us to. And we're yep. blessed to be able to do it. Yep. And I, th- yeah, that's exactly right. It's different. I've held different kinds of jobs mm-hmm. since uh, uh, throughout the years, and it's just unique. Yep. And there's the, the some of the issues, like for me personally, are the intertwining of my spiritual walk mm-hmm. with my job. Yes. And that that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. It, it can become a challenge for me, my family. Um, inter, you know, church with this being your employment, your labor, you know, it's like that makes church feel different for me and for my family. So there's definitely like interesting, um, things. I don't know what we would call them, maybe hurdles at times or whatever, but yeah, there's a different, uh, a different relationship or something like that right. than what your average parishioner would have. Yeah. Like for me, even coming to a service two weeks ago where I didn't say anything, you know, you took care of, you ran the whole service. Well, I mean, usually I would come back and at least get up, do the um, scripture read and prayer, mm-hmm. or maybe lead the Lord's supper mm-hmm. or benediction. You're getting up, you're saying, you're mm-hmm. thinking about things, but like, to just come into a service and sit and worship, I was like, this is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And yet I love ministering right, too. Yeah. So it's like both of those, but I'm, but it does, it, it makes a difference. So you got to learn how to balance those things. And I think, um, you know, struggling even with your own flesh mm-hmm. and your own, f- uh, issues in your life and different things. And, you know, you, I often come to church thinking, man, I need to be pastored right now. Mm-hmm. And here I'm pastor or whatever. I mean, so, those are all they they can be really interesting dynamics and sometimes pitfalls um if we're not careful uh in a familiar and another one is familiarity with the bible mm. because you're in it all the time yeah so it can lose um that glory mm-hmm. and become just like I don't know, a textbook you're trying yeah. to teach. So there's a danger there. So we got to well, always fight against that. That's the danger. Like there's a danger that that the spiritual work of preparing to teach and teach and lead people can become just work. Right. You know, and that's that's a hard thing to, you got to fight against that. That's right, yeah. You know, because you, you like, and you know, you can do the, the work of opening up a text and discerning its meaning and intent and all of that. And you can do that apart from <laughs> the Spirit's right. help in some way. Right. Uh, but that's going to be kind of empty and hollow. Yeah, there's dangers in those things. And um, we just, you know, we got to work through that and think about it as long as you're conscious of it. And um, you can pray through it and work through it. But it's a, it's a huge blessing to be able to be a pastor. Yep. I was thinking about that even yesterday, not even thinking about this podcast, but like, 
you know, it's cool what God lets me do. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to remember that. And yep. it's mercy. Like we don't deserve this. Right. I don't care what somebody's schooling is or what they, you know, whatever, like any ministry, full-time ministry, like you're in a special pastoral ministry. It's like, this is a gift. Like you, you do not deserve to right. do this. Yep. And, and it is a blessing. You don't want to take advantage of that. You want to, you want to be thanking God for it. And if we're always reminding ourselves of that, then we're going to be grateful for yep. what we're doing and enjoy it. Yep. And we got a cool church to pastor. I mean, everybody's yes. really good to us. Yeah, that's the other thing. We probably don't say enough, like the blessing yeah. it is to pastor these people in this yeah. place and yeah. the generosity of, of you all. I'll speak directly to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a joy, and it's a privilege, and we're we're thankful for that. So know that that's that's for real from the bottom of our hearts. Amen. Well, we hope this podcast has been helpful and uh, as you think about uh, the nature of what we do as as pastors of this local church. And that's what this podcast is for, is for our people. If you're outside of our church, we hope it's a blessing to you as well. We do love to hear from you. If you want to send us an email, send it to thecalvarycast at gmail.com. Uh, if you're part of our church, come up and talk to us on a Sunday morning or give us a call or send us a text. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time.